Will you pray with me? God, who sent us Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you for this moment to sit still and just breathe and hear again the reason why we celebrate Christmas. That in the most surprising way, God, you showed up and offered to the world light and hope that would change everything. We are here tonight to be reminded of that hope and to be strengthened to share it with a world desperate for it. We love you and we thank you for loving us. Amen. Good, morning. good evening. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and it is so good to see all of you here tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Is anyone here a fan of Christmas lights? Anybody a huge fan of Christmas? All right, me too. I love, y'all, I love Christmas lights. I just absolutely love Christmas lights. I love as the days grow darker and the nights grow longer, we take these wires of tiny lights and we hang them up on our houses or we put them in our bushes or we put them on these trees in our houses and we poke holes in the darkness. When I ride down the street, my own street, when I walk down it at night, I look at my neighbor's houses and I know so many of them have experienced great loss this year. They lost a parent or a teacher, a friend. They've watched a dream slip right through their hands. They watched a relationship crumble. I know my neighbors, and still, every year, sometime between the day after Halloween sometimes and December 15th, I know to expect them to hop on a ladder and hang these crazy little lights, and, and maybe without even consciously knowing, cling to the hope that there is light in the darkness, to cling to the hope that there is light in the darkness. And yet, many of us have hung our lights sometimes in the exact same places for years and years and years. And yet, there are still moments throughout the Christmas season where the lights catch us by surprise. Our cat pokes around the Christmas tree, surprising us again, taking our breath away. Our dog cuddles under the perfectly lit tree, and it's just this picturesque Instagram moment that surprises us and takes us by surprise. A baby who's been kept up way past their bedtime, but we've drug out to see this nighttime display, is just absolutely filled with joy and glee when they look at the lights around them. We go to Christmas parades and sing carols and we smile at one another. We will light a candle beside our almost teenage daughter and we will claim together that there is hope and light even in the darkest of days and it will take our breath away. That is the promise of this season, that there is light in the darkness. And for whatever reason, we cling to the hope that there is light in the darkness. For thousands of years, thousands of years, people had believed in God and they loved God, 
But disease and famine had rushed through their land, and for thousands of years they'd said, God, come down here and fix this. And God had come among them and healed them and brought new life to them in ways that completely surprised them. People were kicked out of their houses because of war and violence. They were literally kicked out of their hometowns and had to live thousands of miles away. We call it exile. And the people living thousands of miles from their home, they said, God, come down here right now and fix this. People had created all kinds of messes and problems in their own lives. They looked at the shattered pieces of their lives on the ground because of bad decisions that they'd made, like King David, and they said, God, come down here and fix this broken mess. And God would show up and heal them and love them and offer them new life in surprising ways. The government was oppressive, didn't offer people what they needed, and God would show up and heal them and surprise them, even when they didn't deserve it. And just like those people 2,000 years ago, so many of us find ourselves here today saying, God, just come down here and fix this mess that we're in. And God has come in surprising ways through Jesus Christ God has lit the darkness. On the busy streets of Bethlehem, people are there because the government has called them. They have to count them and make sure that the right number of people are here. So Mary and Joseph, who are expecting baby Jesus, not just any baby, but the baby of the world, are like on these crowded streets. People are elbowing, trying to get get a place in a room in an inn. These shepherds are, have worked long hours. The economy literally, like literally is built on the sheep and the goats that they keep out in the fields at night. And they are exhausted and burnt out from this job they've done over and over and over again. There are animals in the stable, people in, in the rooms in the inn, the place where baby Jesus was supposed to be born. And all of them are saying, we want a great light. We're tired of living in the darkness. And God shows up and lights the way in surprising ways. But maybe, maybe this is the hundredth time you've heard this story or the 29th time or the 38th time. Maybe it's the first time you've ever heard this story of God hearing the people for thousands of years say, come down here and fix this. And God listened. God listened. God said, I've fixed this in a million different ways, but on this special night, there's going to be a baby born. His name will be called Jesus, Emmanuel. The promise will be that I am with you always. His name will mean God with us. And no matter what tough darkness you face, what hard days are ahead or behind, what grief and pain you sit here with tonight, the promise of God's light is true in the darkness. God is with us. You are not alone. And even in the darkness, God surprises us 
with light. See, we, we just want the candle, we want to sing Silent Night, and we want to go home, right? We don't want to actually have to face the darkness that people, that cause people to miss the surprising ways that light shows up in the world, that God's light shows up in the world. We don't, we don't want to deal with that darkness, right? Because if we really look at this story, if we really look at this story, we see an unwed teenage mother in the middle of busy, crowded streets. And what we see are people too busy trying to get a tax cut to recognize an unwed teenage mom literally bursting with God's love about to come into the world. We might miss it. We might miss a dad who's scared to death, Joseph, who's engaged to Mary, whose life is actually threatened. Like, he could die because Mary is pregnant and about to give birth to a baby. People could literally kill him for that. We, we want to bypass his fear and the threat on his life because we don't want to have to look. We don't want to have to look at the things that we fear and that threaten us when God has called us to do the right thing and we're just not sure if we have the strength to do it. Because that is a part of tonight's story. God is with us. And Mary and Joseph clung to that when they had nothing else to cling to, not even a room to lay down and give birth to the Savior of the world in a decent place. We might have to watch a baby be born and wrapped in, in the only cloth they could find in the back of a barn. Dirty old cloth wrapped around this precious baby and laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. We... We don't want to have to look at that because God might be asking us to step out of our high places and recognize the lowly things around us because that is where God's light springs up. We don't want to spend too much time with those burnout and exhausted shepherds that's been pushed out outside of town. We don't want to spend too much time with them because when they were told the good news, they were fast asleep, exhausted from a year of working too hard and too much. They were exhausted and tired. And when God came to them in the sky and said, glory to God, now go tell some other people about it, they weren't sure they were the right people to tell the whole world about it. They weren't sure they were the right people to tell the world about it. Because if we spend too much time with those shepherds, we might recognize our own insecurities and fear, our own moments, where it's a lot easier to just move on to the light and not recognize the power of God's light in the darkness. The power of God's light in the darkness. God gave Jesus a birth in a stable out behind an inn because there wasn't even room for Him. There were hundreds of people in this tiny town of Bethlehem who didn't know the Savior of the world was born because they were too busy making sure they had the right place and the right stuff. And God took that light, and the first place that He connected that light was to shepherds, burnout and exhausted out in the field. He said, good news. Glory in the highest Jesus Christ is born. 
And the shepherds came back to see Jesus, and it was the coolest thing they'd ever seen. They were expecting the Messiah to overturn this crazy government that that was going crazy there. And instead, what they found was a baby. And these rough and tumble shepherds saw a, a young, unwed teenage couple and a little teeny tiny baby, and they were like, we can't explain it. We don't have words for this, but the light of the world is here. The promises of God have been fulfilled in this tiny little baby who cries at inopportune times, but when he sleeps soundly, takes our breath away. God took the light, took it over to the shepherds, and then the shepherds took that light and they went and told the people in Bethlehem, you're not going to believe this, but the light of the world is here. The Son of God is here, and they carried the light. And then the people started telling each other, and they're carrying the light to each other, telling them this good news that God has come. God has come through Jesus in surprising ways. In surprising ways. And then these town people started talking about it so much that they went and they told the king, the king who liked darkness because it meant he had a lot more power over the people. The king who didn't want a lot of light in his kingdom because it was going to destroy what it is he was trying to to bring up. So he gets these three wise scientist guys. He says, hey, there's something weird happening in Bethlehem. Can you go check it out? And these three wise scientist guys take a journey and they find Jesus. And the Bible tells us they fell on their knees and they worshipped him. Their lives were transformed and changed by a little baby. They gave what they had in their their sacks that they'd carried with them, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They gave Jesus what they had because their life was changed. God had completely surprised these scientists who thought they had predicted the future and knew what was coming next. If we spend too much time figuring out the ways God's light came in the darkness, we might have to take a moment to be surprised by the ways that the darkness has come in our own lives. All the things that threaten to turn our lives, the lights out in our lives, grief and pain, the right tax rate or interest rate. So much has changed in 2,000 years, but so much has stayed the same. We want safe, comfortable lives. We want financial security. We want the best schools for our kids. These are all the things we want, and yet, God showed up in the most surprising ways. And we can spend all of this Christmas season running around and trying to make sure everything is right and being anxious and stressed out that we miss the lowly ways in which Jesus Christ is still coming in to our world. Because God is still coming. In the same way that that light was carried to the shepherds and the shepherds carried it to the town people and the town people said, King, you think you can control the light. You can't. The light is more powerful than the darkness that you can dream up. And the the wise men went home a different way. They didn't even tell the king about it because they didn't want him to threaten this light that was going to save the people. They couldn't do it anyway. If you are having a hard time believing that God still works that way, I need to tell you, God is still dragging His light out into a world that doesn't deserve it, surprising us with the goodness and love of a God who says you have a purpose to shine light and ignite change. A man in Baltimore, Maryland, last year, the day after Thanksgiving, gets a text from his neighbor, her and her daughter, 
are um, high risk, and so they've isolated at home for Thanksgiving, and they're probably going to isolate for Christmas. They've been really careful, trying not to get um, get sick. And, and the neighbor breaks them his famous Christmas bread, and he puts it on their doorstep. And as he takes the bread over, he also plugs a, Christmas, a strand of Christmas lights into his outlet. He strings it across the street, and he connects their houses. And he goes back home, and he sits down, and he sends her a text message that says, you are not alone. The light has connected us. And pretty soon the whole neighborhood starts doing this. 2020 last year, one house that voted in the election one way, plugged the lights into their socket anyway and put it across the street and connected their house to their other neighbor because this is the promise of this season. The light will not be overcome by any kind of darkness. People who believed one thing about COVID protocols drugged their lights and connected them to the, a house that didn't believe it. People who'd experienced great loss in the year drugged their lights over and connected them to the houses of people who welcomed new children. People who longed for children connected their houses to grandparents. And pretty soon the whole street had a tunnel of lights. This year, they didn't wait to do it one day at a time. They did it all the day after Thanksgiving. And a neighbor made a sign, a lit sign that says, you are not alone. So you can ride through this street and know that the light connects us even when the darkness tries to drive us away because that is the promise of this season. We know about that goodness that came to us to offer light in the world. And some of you are like, that's good that happened in Baltimore, Maryland. Tell me it's happening in Tampa. And I can tell you, I've witnessed the light of Christ move from this place to a community desperate to hear about the light of Christ. Sean Brown, in the midst of COVID shutting everything down and all of these families south of Gandy who, were, who don't have access to food, um, they have some food insecurity and financial issues. He partners with all these different agencies, brings people in our church and a couple other churches together, and they start the free, we were a part of this, we started the free grocery store at the Gandy Civic Association. And people aren't handed boxes of food and told to go away. They put on a mask, they come in with, with grocery carts, and they shop for the food that they want. I've worked it several times. And I can't tell you the joy that it brings me when a little girl runs to the cheese sticks and brings it back to her mom and says, can we have it? And she says, yes, put it in the cart. God's light that is here, right here, is connected to the world, telling them you are not alone. A month and a half ago, a retired military person named Chad Lowry reaches out to me and he says, I'm beginning to get these glimpses of light in my life and I want to share it with a world desperate for it. So we sat down and we had coffee and I said, the Sheremonte Elementary School wants to start this lunch buddy program and he was like, I can do logistics. And he recruits 17 adults. He gets them background checked and partnered with kids at Sheremonte Elementary School, kids who've been three years with no normal school year. Kids who have some social and emotional trauma anyway, he partners them up with 17 adults. Some of you are sitting right here in these seats today, and we proclaimed the truth. We drugged the light of Christ from this place to that place, and we said to those kids as we ate pizza under shade trees, you are not alone. You are not alone. And Julie Moore 
who works for an accounting firm here in the Bay Area, she took this light to work. And she said, guys, we can work up until December 31st. We can work 12 hours every day if we want to. But what about we take one day off and we go and volunteer at the Gandy Civic Association for this free grocery store? And why don't we make it look like the best grocery store in town? And 40 of them took a day off of work and went and made the free grocery store look pristine. Like, who wouldn't want to shop there? They made it look amazing and beautiful. Another woman who's a lawyer here in town, Jacqueline Pedratus, she says, hey, guys, she takes this light of Christ that we've experienced here. She takes it to work, and they raise all of this money to provide eggs and milk for the people at the Gandy Civic Free Grocery Store. The light of Christ is alive. A family in this church, three little girls said, we don't need that much for Christmas, Grandpa. Hook us up with the family and let's get them some presents. And tomorrow on Christmas morning, there are people who will open Christmas presents because God's light that starts right here is connected throughout this community because we know the promise. God's light is more powerful than the darkness. And there are some of you There are some of you here tonight who don't know that in your own life. You're like, there's no way God, there's no way God could love the darkness that I have in my life. And God loves you and surprises you anyway. God connects and shines light and ignites change in your life because you matter and you're important. That's the heart of God. And that's why we don't just light the candle and sing Silent Night. That's why we spend times with the shepherds and with Mary and with Joseph and with the people who were too busy elbowing their way in line to pay attention to Jesus. That's why we pay attention to that piece of the story. Because light by light by light, God shines light and ignites change in our lives. And he says this to you, I surprised you with light. You matter and I love you. Now go surprise some other people with light. You have a purpose to shine light and ignite change in the world. Not, don't start tomorrow, start tonight. Some of you are headed from here, from here to family gatherings. Who can you surprise with a word of light and love? Has there been some tension between you and someone in your family for a long time? Look at them and tell them tonight, I love you. God loves you. There is light. What does it look like to do that tonight? There's a coworker who needs a text message from you that says, Merry Christmas. I love you and I'm glad we work together. There's a brother or a sister. There's a person who might be walking down the street when you walk home that just needs to hear, Merry Christmas. You are loved and you have purpose. God loves you. And there is no darkness that God can't shine light and ignite change in. And God invites us to take this light and this promise and to make a difference, to shine light and ignite change in a world desperate for it. How are you going to surprise others with the light tonight and in the year to come? I can't wait till we celebrate again gathered in seats And we thank God for the ways God has used us to shine light and ignite change while accepting the ways God's shining light and igniting change in the darkness in our own lives. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for each person that is here tonight. I thank you, God, for Jesus who gave us a glimpse of your surprising, loving heart 
And no matter where we are or what we're experiencing right now, God, that you want to shine light and ignite change in our lives through Jesus. Some of us are praying that to you right now. God, shine light and ignite change through Jesus in my life. Some of us have been sitting in churches for years and years and years, and we are burnt out and exhausted, and we say to you, God, rekindle that light in our lives and use us to shine your light and ignite your change. Whatever insecurities and fears, whatever things are holding us back, God, use us to shine your light and ignite your change in the world. Amen. Amen.